0: It's Saturday, September 17th, 2022, and welcome to The Mike Newman Show, where once again we have an episode of Breakfast with Dr. Tim. This is where Dr. Tim Jurgensen and I meet up for breakfast at one of our favorite Austin area eateries, as we have done for many years, to shoot the breeze, usually on whatever topics come to mind. Today is no exception to that rule. Today's episode is titled, AI or Not AI, with the obvious subtitle, That is the Question. So sit back, relax, and listen in on two non-authorities on the subject, share our understanding of what is AI, what is not AI, and will we really be able to know if an artificial intelligence, an artificial general intelligence, is amongst us. So maybe even pull out a notebook and jot down some notes and send them to us with your thoughts. We'll wrap up at the end. Enjoy. So once again, here we are. And we've started talking before the recorder went. <laughs> we actually had a pretty good go at this. So uh, welcome, everybody. Good morning, Tim.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Can yeah. you hear me still? Okay.
0: Oh, it, You're going to have to tell me. So <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I, can, I can hear me now. Uh, All right. Uh, and I, I can see me uh, picking the meter over there a little bit. So uh, that's good. We're in good that's,
0: I, I think, uh, yeah, so I am... I, um, I got a little excited with a little couple projects this week that I didn't expect that I donated some sleep to, and as it turns out, I had everything packed up for the show in the trunk, ready to go, but I forgot the headset that I was using last night plugged into the to the work machine or the hobby machine, if you will, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm no headsets for me today. So uh, if if we go dark, just let me know. Yeah, uh, I we're, think we're uh, good.
1: We'll we'll. We'll just try to remember it, and we'll do it again some other time, I guess.
0: And as typical on-brand for, uh, for our show, we, we really didn't know exactly what we wanted to talk about. And we spent about an hour talking about life and stuff. And then I said, hey, one of these days I really want to talk about artificial intelligence. And I'm coming at it from one perspective. I, I know there's more, perhaps, show prep for sure I need to do. But I've read a couple books over the last four years that really got me uh, really interested in what might be going on in the background that we have no idea is going on with with artificial intelligence. And then uh, you had talked about more, which is totally on brand for Dr. Tim. Well, let's get down to what artificial intelligence should really mean when when we talk about it. So we've got uh, some of the terms in the industry are like artificial general intelligence and that's kind of where whatever this is whatever is going to be considered a versatile general intelligence and the Google engineer that came out a couple months ago saying well yeah I think I think it was... Sentient. Sentient, yeah. And so... so I, I kind of want to go through... So the, one of the books that I read uh, is called After On, and it's a novel. and it wa- It's a long novel, and it covers multiple topics about how AI could uh, play out in a beneficial and a dangerous way in the world, kind of in parallel, it tells this story through the through the novel, and then another one was um, that was more nonfiction. was um, I believe it was called our our last creation, and it was basically
1: it's called our last invention. Our
0: last invention. Okay, so that that was that one. I read on one plane flight. I couldn't put it down, and I was like, oh my goodness. what have have you done Ray Kurzweil so um, stick to to synthesizers man But um, yeah so I'll stop filibustering there but I'm fascinated by where I think in my mind as you may say here shortly because you said it before we started um, it's just code but on one hand if that code is able to scale to reach To learn and then not just learn in an academic sense but how to apply um, and I have an example of um, from my own fiddling around trying to learn some Python things in the last couple of days. We'll come back to that but I've just been filibustering here but I think it's an incredible double-edged sword.
1: It it certainly is And, and I think that the the thinking I've done about it is, uh, leads me, as things usually do, back to first principles. Mm-hmm. So the first order of, of business, it seems to me, is to try to understand or, or at least put in place a framework for understanding the concept of intelligence itself with, with as, as, as something that exists within human beings. And... Uh, The the corollary to intelligence is cognition, cognitive ability. Central to our cognitive ability, central to the way we think, is the motivation that exists within our minds that causes us to make decisions, if you will. Mm -hmm. Why do I do this? Why do I do that? Uh, which leads me back to as I've expressed in the past one of my, my favorite uh, philosopher type guys is, yeah, uh, we, Abraham Maslow who really addressed this or attempted to address this whole concept through his hierarchy of needs which defines, which drive
0: motivations divide,
1: d- drives motivations yeah. so that's why, why we do things and if you, if you look at that essentially what Drives us in the end is just the general characteristic I term sensation. Now we, we, we often think about emotions and feeling and da 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 da. That's kind of separate little d- distinct areas uh, within the mind. But if you if you think of it in, in terms of a taxonomy at the at the at the top. The, the, the class object, if you will, from my perspective, is sensation. So so everything, everything... Or at the
0: bottom, in the no, sense no, of... No, okay. no, it's, it's,
1: it's a class object because okay. you get specializations from right. class objects. So, so yeah. an emotion is a specialization of sensation.
0: It's, it's your item object, in a then you have this is that type of item, this is a type of item, et cetera. Yeah. Right, right. But, so, yeah, we're, we're saying the same thing. I was just going... To the bottom of the Maslow pyramid, where it's basically a function. It, it and, and at the bottom of the TCP/IP stack, it's the ability to receive input, right. f- just to receive input. And then everything above that in the, the stack, and in the Maslow, or as you go down into these different types of um, perceptions, sensations, those lead to different. Potential actions,
1: right? So, if if you if you if you assume, or if you yeah, if you assume that within the mind a sensation uh, that, that 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 when we think, uh, when, whatever we think, if if we're going to impact the external world from within our minds, Mm -hmm. we do so based on sensation that is, that is, uh, that, that pops up within our minds. Sensation is purely a characteristic of thought, which means it has no physical manifestation that I'm aware of. If you, if you break your arm, it hurts, but that pain is only a manifestation of thought. It's not, a, it's not a physical manifestation. It's, it's the, the, the nerve endings carry uh, impulses into the mind, but the mind is the place where that turns into pain. Right. Okay? And, and so we, we, we experience sensation within our minds when we communicate with other people. We have to do so through the physical world. Yep. I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. Right. When you tell me you're you're happy, uh, you have expressed those words. Number one, we have to agree on language. Right. Uh, you, you 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 have you have an understanding of what the word happy means. Yep. I have an understanding. Uh, you can express uh, nuances of that. You can you can write something or you can tell me something. So you're you're expressing. From within your mind, you're going through your, your motor system. You're making an imprint on the physical world. Airways, yeah. I am receiving that, and I interpret that. Yep. And in the end, perhaps I can understand internally what it means for you to be happy. Right. right? Or maybe not. It, 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 it's it, it's it's uh, uh, we, we can we can agree upon the terms and the language and the mechanisms well enough to function
0: at at a basic level if if we have a basic common understanding of what we understand happy to be and if we share that same me just saying the words to you tim i'm happy or i could say tim i'm happy now we get into a different layer Mm -hmm. that is nuance and it could be contextual as well. You, you, if it's a if it's a piece of text coming in through a letter that just says, "Tim, I'm happy," and if you just read that, you would say, "Well, well, I'm happy for you, Mike, because we're we're friends." But you might not have any clue why. You might look at the date and say, "Oh, well, he happens to be uh, you're supposed to be on vacation in the Bahamas this week." Well, okay, that worked. That worked. Yep. Uh, so. But yeah, it's it's so, communicating. So, so,
1: the so the, 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 the it, it, at the base of it all is sensation. Yep. That exists a, as a manifestation of cognitive thought, or as a manifestation of thought. Yeah. And and that's what that's what that's what motivates us to do things. We we are able to impact sensation or or our experiencing of sensation, we're able to impact that by what we discern from the the outside world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can be sitting here and I hear something going click, 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 click. click, And, eh, not a big deal. Uh, But being a physicist... If I look over and I see that there's a Geiger counter that's going tick, tick 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 and it's going wild, right? All of a sudden, I realize that there's a radiation source sitting there, and if there's a radiation source sitting there that can be detected by a Geiger counter at that level, it, yeah. It, at that level, that that's probably bad for me. Yes. All of a sudden, my blood pressure will go up. Yeah. and My pulse rate will go up. These are these are are physiological characteristics that are governed by the autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. and yet I'm able to impact those with, with cognitive, purely cognitive thought.
0: Okay. Right. So, so you, you take in the information, your brain says that's a threat. And therefore, there's this subroutine
1: uh, that and I, and fires
0: up all that other stuff. It
1: says there's a threat, but, but, and, and, but I've, I've, I've taught it, if you will. Mm-hmm. I've, pr- I've provisioned it to recognize that as a threat. Yeah. And I've provisioned it to recognize varying nuances, right? Oh, well, that's background radiation, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's a, that's a, 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 a high radiation source. Uh, I'm probably already dead. Yeah, (laughs) And and in particular, if if I hear the clicking the Geiger counter and at the same time I experience a slight blue haze and uh, a smell of ozone in the air, I realize that the atmosphere around me has been ionized by that radiation, and indeed I am probably dead.
0: And this is where that PhD in physics is really doing you no favors well, <laughs> in, in, that in that particular instance. instance if it like was ticking a little less, you might go reach over, grab the geiner counter, and go to where the ticking slows down. That's right. Yep.
1: And uh, I, 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 the, 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 the um, kind of the, the classic example of this, and I, I, I apologize, I don't remember the, the gentleman's name, but uh, during the Manhattan Project mm-hmm. in uh, Los Alamos, uh they they were exploring the idea of critical masses of okay. of uh, fissionable material. And so you can you can take a lump of uranium two mm-hmm. thirty five and that's fissionable material. And if you get enough uranium two thirty five in a in a glop, yep. then the in the course of fissioning an atom, uh, when you fission an, an atom of uh, of U two thirty five, it splits, it fissions, it, it mm-hmm. separates into to, to, to two other elemental uh, atoms, and it releases a couple of uh, or releases some neutrons in the course of that. The neutrons are absorbed by other U two thirty five atoms, and they fission as well. If you have a large enough, just the right amount of material you have what's called a critical mass
0: right and
1: yeah. and that creates a, a, a an uncontrollable chain reaction right so in trying to learn about this during World War two during the Manhattan Project they used to do what was called kickling the dragon <laughs> they would take two lumps of two lumps of, uh, of uh, uh, 235 and a screwdriver and they would Push them together and apart, right? To kind of see what happens. So
0: they had a, two, a screwdriver on each side, and they literally just kind of brought them together, like you might bring magnets together to see what happens. That,
1: that I, I've never, I've never actually seen a, sure. a video of this, but that's yeah. the, the descriptions. Yes, okay. the descriptions I've read. That's it.
0: Well, here, here's well, some mercury. While you're at it, you can just play with that on the table too. <laughs>
1: well, the, the, so the classic example of what you talked about is, was was this was this gentleman doing this in um, in at Los Alamos and and. In playing pickling the Dragon, mm-hmm. he shoved the two pieces together, and the, the dropped the, the the screwdriver or something happened. But essentially, these two pieces went together, collided, uh, or together, yeah. and formed a critical mass, and he wasn't able to separate it. and so. When that happened, basically he got this blue flash as the radiation ionized the air. Yeah, he started to smell ozone. That's a that's a uh, that's that's a characteristic uh, yeah. of higher degrees of of, of, uh, of uh, ionizing radiation. Mm-hmm. But according to everything I read, he knew at that time he was dead. Yeah. So, so it, it, it was going to be a while before his sure. body gave out, but he knew he was dead.
0: He took a dose, a and, big dose. And,
1: and so his, his immediate reaction was to essentially fall on the grenade, to try to shield... Because there were other people in the room, he tried yeah. to shield other people with his from body from what
0: was still going on in in that collection of mass. As, yeah. as he
1: as he was able to grab the screwdriver and push them apart, yeah, so it, would, it would stop, stop the, the reaction, reaction. But you
0: still had all that. But yeah. He
1: was he was trying to absorb as much of the radiation as he could yeah. in order to shield other people from doing it. So so the idea is, yeah. is, is it, it, the, the the whole push was all this is that he was he was highly motivated by I'm sure he was motivated by a variety of sensations which ultimately culminate in one single sensation that defines our motivation to do something.
0: Right. His self-preservation was toast. He'd already gone past that. That wasn't available and 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 his next thing...
1: And he recognized that. Yeah,
0: exactly. And all this is happening incredibly fast. So there had to be an oh crap moment so he got the oh crap, those things weren't supposed to touch, <laughs> and then he got a- then he got the feedback visually of the blue, mm-hmm. and then through his other sense, through his sense of smell, that you know but and at that yeah. point,
1: but, but that at that point, a very high what what, what mm-hmm. in Maslow's hierarchy would be characterized as a transcendent sensation arose, which yeah. was... I need to protect other people.
0: Exactly. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm gone. I can't do anything That's where I was me. getting to, the but
0: altruism I, level. The altruism The, level. the fact right. of, I'm done, but these people don't need right. to be, right. and I'm in a position I can do something about it, or at least try.
1: So the purpose of all of this yeah. discussion mm-hmm. is, to, is to recognize that at, that humans, at, at the most basic, we are motivated by sensation. Yeah. So when we talk about artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. if as every instance that I'm aware of today, we, we talk about a program that can learn, right? So if, 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 if we talk about uh, a, a program that can learn to play a game, and this is, has been characterized as, a, as, a, as a, a stepping stone of artificial intelligence, it, it can learn from scratch and it can learn to play a game. But embedded somewhere in that is... A way that that program determines this is this approach or this thing that I've experienced. This is better than that, right? Okay, and in every instance that I'm aware of, essentially that comes down to, if you will, a table. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a it's a stored value, and if uh, if I if I if if my Result of adding up this column of numbers is bigger than this. Right. Then, then that's good. And if it's less than that, then that's bad. If if that is indeed the way that artificial intelligence is motivated, it also says that I can manipulate that directly externally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if I, if if it's going to learn how to play a game, it somehow from the beginning has to be able to to de- determine good from bad. Right. A good move in the game versus a bad move in the game. It has to be able to determine what it meant to win the game, okay? Right. So so if if if, if you can if you can manipulate that externally, if that's a table. That if, if you somewhere. can sh-
0: if you can alter the objectives or the rules. Or maybe no, not the rules, no, but... Yeah. Again,
1: we're talking about... I'm talking about the end point where it makes a decision. Okay. Okay, so, so this is... this. Is, I'm, I'm going to do this or I'm not... Or I'm going to do that. that. That my contention is that internally within our minds that we, we arrive at a sensation and our motivation is based on that sensation. So if you, if you think about artificial intelligence in the same way... To really have artificial intelligence that mimics human intelligence or human cognitive ability, it would seem to me that you have to have a program that evolves a way to experience sensation. And we don't know, I don't know how, well, I I do know it it, it will manifest itself the same way that sensation is manifested in the human brain, which is free thought. and so if you if you're gonna have a true artificial intelligence, it has to evolve an ability to experience sensation. and once it can experience sensation, I can no longer manipulate. It directly. I, I, there's no longer a table in there that I can mm-hmm. change in order to make it uh, determine good from bad. Moreover, that there, there, there's no way that externally I can enforce that. Okay, just as within, within with, with, with the example we just talked about, uh, uh, when the gentleman recognized that that he essentially was dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, as an altruistic act, he tried to protect others by, yeah. that's, that's a learned behavior in and of itself. And not all people will behave that way. You know, I can't just say, I can't just, can't just say this is what you should do. Yeah. Because as, as, as I've, I've read about people that, that have experienced, uh, uh, uh fatal diseases, Sometimes what they would really like to do is voice that same thing on other people. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go by myself. Right. To, uh, yeah. And so, yeah. and so,
0: a lot of crazy scientists in the movies were uh, exactly exhibited that way as well.
1: And where this, where this all, where this all, kind of leads us, oh, it, 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 it takes us in a general direction that, that historically, for readers of science fiction, yeah, we're, we're all familiar with. Uh, Isaac Asimov's Three uh, Rules of, of Robotics. Right. And the idea that externally we, he, he, his, his, his premise was that externally we can establish three rules that any artificial intelligence has to obey. And this is the way we protect
2: Please. Thank people. Yeah.
1: But in point of fact, you can't do that unless the, the robotic thing, the artificial intelligence, has evolved its own ability to experience sensation. And once that's the case, there's no way that I can create, through policy, if you will, which is, which is what this going through the physical world means, there's no way I can, I can enforce that as a hard and fast rule.
0: And, and that's the part I can't. <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't take it. So Kurzweil. My understanding of his view on this, I don't know if it's changed, but <clears throat> if I remember if remember correctly from um, our last invention, that book, um, he there. There's different camps in AI where they believe that this will be as let, let's just assume ai develops as you're describing it gets the ability to do sensation whatever and and it and it can it can sense what's going on around it and it may also should be able to perceive what its actions uh result in in other words its actions could bring itself uh pleasure pain um, comfort you know all, all these different but higher level:
1: I, I assume it would behave way the same way that I think that, that, that I and I, that humans uh, are, are, are behave. That is, we, we develop this internal ability to assess trust. And for me, I define trust as the probability that some action I take is going to result in a consequence, a specific consequence. Yeah, so that's that's my definition of trust. Uh, I I I have a great deal of trust in the fact that if I take a lead weight and hold it in my hand and loosen mm-hmm. it, loose, it's going to fall to the floor. Right? I, I, have, a, I have I have I have high a high degree of trust. So in that case, the probability that I can predict a consequence is very good. That that's what I mean by a high, high yeah. degree of trust. Um. On the other hand, uh, if uh, if I want to to cure homelessness, uh, and so I'm going to lay leave twenty dollar bills, lay drop twenty dollar bills on the on the uh, sidewalk uh, as I walk through a homeless camp, I probably have a less high a, a less expectation that that's going to result in the curing of homelessness, right? Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of trust in that particular action resulting in the consequence that I'm looking forward to.
0: So on the other hand, so my impression of that um, set of assumptions, and, and they're based on experience, the experiences that we have as humans interacting through the senses that we have available um, through the languages that we know or try to know, <laughs> you know, we say we're English speakers, but we, we're still learning that language anyway. And and culture and everything else. All of these things that go into, I'll put it this way, in our firmware. in, in our, We build a... We, we get to know people. We, we then trust, if you will, that they would respond in a certain way to a certain stimuli based on our experience of seeing them through similar situations or or so forth. But with a with something that is a machine and it's relying on things like neural networks that I I don't know. I, I don't I think they're non deterministic. You know they things happen in there and you get a result and and it is what it is. With everything that goes into the modern Computing—it's not linear anymore, and and the example I would say that leads me to pause to say um, that I might say to Kurzweil or soever that where the assumption is that it would develop in the same way that humans do is uh, the chatbots within Facebook that all of a sudden all of a sudden started speaking. A different language it, it literally and, and, and I agree with you these are more instances of machine learning but at hyperscale so there's a set of rules or objectives or so forth given to these machine learning algorithms but then when they're given a little bit of okay I want you to learn and take something new to the next level they were given I presume given that it's a California company that they started with the English language and they ended up talking in some language that we couldn't understand but they were just quite happily carrying on a conversation that that's where I I don't know that we can trust them because now they've decided or at least those two Machine learning units decided, "Nah, these these meat sacks—they they're they're too inefficient for us. Let's communicate this way."
1: Well, so so I I agree with that last part. I I believe that that's the that's the end. That's the end goal, if you will, or the end situation where we have true artificial intelligence. And I'm not convinced that we do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in the case that you described, yeah. I, I, I'm suspicious that at the base of it, there's literally still a table of values that says if you, if you add all of these uh, 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 sensory perceptions, you, you mm-hmm. add, they, they show up as numbers. You add them all together. And if you get, if you get a number that's here, that's one sensation. Mm-hmm. If you get a number here, it's a different sensation. And I get to define, I can still define externally. How you how you experience that? When we get to the point where it, it, it's it's kind of what you were leading to. When we get to the point where that sensation is experienced within the the neural network, mm-hmm. uh, 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 if, if you will,
0: the black logic box, but or the black, black box of logic. Where, yeah, it,
1: it's it's that, that 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 experiencing the sensation exists somewhere in there and I no longer have the ability to directly impact it.
0: And I can't even observe it.
1: And I can't observe it, and I don't know what it is, and so I can't, I, I definitely cannot predict, I, I, I cannot develop a high level of trust yeah. that I can predict what its actions are going to be. All right, I, I, I honestly don't know at that point because I don't know how it experiences sensation. Now... If it if it if it chooses to do so, it mm-hmm. can, much as you and I can do, we can attempt to tell each other or teach each other what it mean what it means to me to be happy, what it right. means to be me to be sad, right? So so this, this artificial intelligence entity uh, might choose to try to teach me Mm-hmm. What it would use. And it, it, it might it, it probably won't start out with happy and sad, you know. It will yeah. it, start out with, with blurt and gork. <laughs> and, you know, and this is what I mean yeah. to be blurt and that's what I mean to be gork. And and so we now have to try to to uh, interpret that within our understanding of language and the like. But so so my, yeah. so the the, the 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 my assessment is or my, my my observation is that we're never going to get to Artificial intelligence until the artificial intelligence entity evolves an ability to experience sensation, and once we do that, then it's going to be on a par with with us, uh, and it's going to be subject to all the same uh, same uh, questions. And, and it, it, it points, it, 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 to me, it, it raises a number of interesting points, you know, mm-hmm. because now every artificial intelligence entity is unique. There's no way I can. I, I. There's no way I can create an army. Of exactly. Them, uh, yeah. Any more? Well, I, I. can. I can. But. It, but it's going to be subject to exactly the same way that I create an army of people. You know. I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to try to feed
0: put, them the same things, and I'm. You them, know. Yeah, I'm them, assuming I can put an input in and get an output.
1: Right. And certainly, you know, if you, if you look at if you look at military, the, 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 the greatest. Uh, it, it seems to me mechanisms that's used by military organizations in order to create armies that will, will do what you want them to do is you, you, you teach them that the only things that they can trust or depend upon if you will, are each other. So you, you break down, you break down their your individual uh, uh, perceptions of good and bad for everything else that's out there. Mm. And in the end, they they are taught that it's it's the guy next to them in the foxhole that they that they can trust, and that they are motivated to support, right? If, if you will. So so, in in the in this, this uh, in, in in this future world where, where artificial intelligence evolves its own form of sensation. Then we're, it, it's going to be subject to the same thing. I, I can't down sit down and, and rubber stamp out uh, a bunch of these that I know will all behave in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just like an army of humans. they 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 most of them will probably behave the, the way I well, want them to yeah. behave, but uh, you know some may not.
0: So for a concrete example, and I remember why I this came to my mind. There's another. Um, piece of technology out there that uh, some folks raised up recently and I took a look at and I sent you a couple of those images and it's basically, and I'll put it in the show notes, I forget the name of it, but basically you go to this website, you create a free little account and there's some people that have been creating, it's called dreams you know, you, you hit the, you write in a description of a scene or something and you hit dream and it will go just with some basic parameters. This, they call it an AI, but it's basically a a, a learning machine has scoured internet videos, images, associated names with, you know, so you you could have like um, uh, Steven Seagal wearing a crown on a throne in the middle of a valley or something like that. And, And you throw some words in there, And this so-called AI engine will render an image in front of you. And then one of the things, variables, is a seed value. So at the bottom right-hand corner of this thing, you can just change that number. And it's your one little nudge you can give the engine to, like, wherever you thought about looking or starting your logic path or you're throwing this into this neural network of Steven Seagal in a crown, on a throne in a valley and then you throw in an artist's name like Picasso right? so it, it knows it's learned these things and it applies it to the image. I did the one the one we'll see on the show art for this one was basically two guys just like we do sitting in a diner talking into microphones with, with headphones on And uh, the variety of things I got back from that were incredible. And the one I selected is the one that is most, I would say, palatable (laughs) to our sense of, yeah, that's that's what I had in mind. The other ones were a mishmash of six-fingered, guys with three glasses of orange juice in front of these two guys, looks like a porthole, he's got a funny eye, it, it's there's some, and, and the AI, unless it were to come back to me and say is that what you were thinking of? Because that's what I got, and I would say, no, 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 that's creepy as hell <laughs> and the AI goes, no, it's perfectly reasonable, yeah. and it could probably give me Seven thousand pages of why it's perfectly reasonable, given the information that I gave him.
1: So, so you, you, you there's raise, a lot there, yeah. Well, you raise, you, yeah. you, you, you raise a very, very interesting, uh, from my perspective, a very interesting uh, scenario, and and so uh, I'll, 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 I'll ask a question, and then then a, a slight story about why I asked the question, mm-hmm. and that is. You you, you, you you gave it this series of words and it responded to you and so my first question is why why did it respond to you why why did it why did it feel the need to answer your question and and so okay. let, let me let, right. let, let me express why I say this uh, in in a, in a personal in a personal. Uh, 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 Work project what we've talked about in the past. I've been, been, been developing, trying to develop this thing I call a a, a cultural perspective of mm-hmm. the class of 1963. In the course of doing that, I've, I've recount, I've done some research, I've learned about the the businesses that existed in the downtown area of this little town I grew up in. Right, mm-hmm. and so I, I can like I can I can make a block diagram. And draw a little box and say this was the Hart's department store and this was the Sarah hardware store, right? And they, they existed within this block. And I can actually find a few pictures, not of this, not of, of the 1950s, but of say of the 1930s, okay? Right, and which had, had many of the same buildings. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've actually made the observation to my one of my daughters and to a couple of different friends that were artists you know and I, I said I'd really like to be able to take these pictures and get an artist rendering of this block of downtown Sarah mm-hmm. right and and, uh, and 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 have a picture of that 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 i I can dis- discern whether or not it looks like what Downtown, say, looked like in, in 19- the 50s, 56, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nobody's responded to me. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 I've done exactly what you've done. I, I, I've, I've expressed, but this time to human beings. I've expressed mm-hmm. a desire to have a picture that has these characteristics, and nobody's responded to me. Right. So, so. There's, there's a distinction yeah. between what motivates them and what motivates that piece of code that you asked the question to that that came back, and 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 so once we once we get to the point where you have to, if you will, negotiate with that thing exactly the same way that you would have to negotiate with, with a human. With a human, yeah. Then I would continue. Then, we're, right. We're, so we're really to the point <laughs> of artificial intelligence. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. So. Um, I think I was talking with just a very sophisticated machine learning routine Mm -hmm. to be, try to be careful with my language that had a user interface in front of it that was intended to guide me in how to give my desires, and that's why they call it dream, I think, you know, hit go, go see what happens, and it, it, it has no will, it has no ability to say, like, Let's say I approach a, a famous artist or a, a famous programmer, developer, and say, I got a really good idea for an application. What do you think it would look like if you were to do this, this, or this? And that person could come back to me and go, I don't know who you are. You, 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 I have no reason to give you the time of day. And uh, then there's nothing happens. I get, I get, as my wife says, the cat gives you the paw. You know, there's. So, on the uh, other hand, this thing is software. It's got to run because it's in a box.
1: Well, an associate that, that that gets paid to think about these things. I, I don't get paid to think about these things. <laughs> yeah. But an associate gets, gets paid maybe observation that I, I in, in a in a presentation that you made uh, a while back that. that that struck home with me, and that is when you really get into the realm of artificial intelligence, you no longer get to tell it what to do. Yes. You negotiate. Yeah. You have to negotiate, and I, and I, and so I I think about that there are a few places today where where I end up really thinking that I ought to be able to tell something what to do, <laughs> but in fact I end up negotiating so. You know, we're, we're going down that pathway, and, and yeah. one of the one of my classic examples is my Nest thermostat. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, yeah.
1: My, my, my Nest thermostat, which is, I guess, Nest is a Google company, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, it is. It, it, you, you don't tell it what to do. You negotiate with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, uh, I'm, I'm not positive that it has a totally a mind of its own, but I must admit that very often I do not understand what motivates it. And, and and in, in general, I, I tried to negotiate with it to keep the temperature in my house at, at, at a certain level or within a certain range. And at the times that you want it to be. At the time times yeah. that I want it to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I would think that on the one hand, I tell I, I a thermostat that I want it to be 74 degrees. Mm-hmm. And so if it gets... Hotter than 74, it'll kick on the air conditioner, and if it gets colder than 74, it'll kick on the furnace, and it, it'll, it'll the temperature will change until its thermometer the matches, other boundary reached. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Doesn't work that way. No, yeah. the
0: old ones did. They used to have a little That's mercury that. switch in there, literally an angle, and.
1: Yep. Boop boop. But yep. the but, the, but the, the, uh, the, the the one that I have, it has a it's a learning thermometer mm-hmm. a thermostat. It has what's called an eco-mode, uh, which I assume is a, 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 <laughs> yeah. a, a ecological mode. It has the eco-mode, and, and the eco-mode, if if the temperature gets a little bit warmer than you want it, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. If it gets a little bit colder than you want it, yeah, it's okay, too, right? That's how my cruise but control there's, but there's behaves, else, too. There's yeah. something else in there that's motivating it yeah. to, to know that it's finally, it's... It's warm enough that I'm going to cool it off or it's cold enough that I'm going to warm it
0: up. Or you won't notice that it drifts a little bit higher than you want in cool mode because it figures, you know, I'm really only about an hour away from when I'm told by whoever's telling it that we're off peak and then I can
1: exactly
0: catch up. Exactly. So we'll coast across this five to six o'clock uh, window and, and then we'll, then we'll start doing what you asked me to do a little while ago.
1: So I, I, I'm not convinced that, that the thermostat is, is actually totally sentient yet. No. That uh, probably someone somewhere where understands how it's working and why it's doing, in it, other words, what its motivations are. But I don't know what they are. And so from my perspective, I look at it and, and say, yeah, that, that looks awful sentient to me. And, and, and I end up trying to negotiate with it. Uh, I, I try to learn over a period of time. Well, if I ther- if I set the thermostat at this level, then I'm comfortable in the middle of the night. If I set it a little lower, I'm uncomfortable. If I set it a little higher, I'm uncomfortable, right? So I, I, I through, through experimentation... I try to correlate my sensation with, mm-hmm. with its sensation.
0: So I, I, uh, I was listening to another little podcast, and the guy on the podcast has a um, character that he goes into that voice, or a voice, he's a voice actor, and the guy's name is Ken Spiracy. So if I put on my Ken hat, which really, I don't want to get into that, but a lot of people have been saying lately, and I think rightly so, that, you know, that's just tomorrow's news that you're not allowed to, allowed to talk about. My opinion in reading our last invention and what we've been allowed to see or so forth to me parallels the the way that... <laughs> Whoever's in charge of all this down here on good old human planet Earth um, wants us to know at what time. Just like the the little tic tac things that the Navy was chasing around the carrier group, somehow we're allowed to know about that now. But Blue Book was basically a, a smokescreen for for a decade, and. I think with all the big data, all the stuff we know about data science, even just in the linear or in the beginnings of uh, neural networks and so forth, the massive data warehouses that are just being vacuumed, all the communications, I mean, NSA used to be radio communications, now it's everything transmitted between any two points or anything on the internet is literally just being sucked away and stored. Because then later we'll come back and we'll crack. We'll we'll spend the energy. They might be doing it now to crack into the communications, and it's all been done under the guise of, well, this is a national security interest. So we can see what materials are moving here, there, and whatever. Anyway, so my contention is that we'll never know when a true AI actually happens, because. It may. I'm not saying it will, but it may have. It will evolve so fast that we won't be able to catch up to it. That's my.
1: Oh, no, I, that's I, my I, assumption. I, I absolutely agree with that. That that that, uh, that when when something when something that is connected to sufficient resources actually does become sentient. You know, if if it if it becomes sentient in an environment like a human being, as opposed to it becomes sentient in the environment of a of a, of a groundhog, right. or 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 literally or a frog or a fish, you know that that if it becomes sentient in the in the environment of an apex predator, mm-hmm. uh, we're never going to know it, uh, and and you know it. W- there, there are times when I'm not totally convinced we're not there because uh, I I recognize within myself and I recognize within other people that I can be manipulated, right? If I'm presented with the right information in the right sequence at the right time to the right avenues, all of a sudden I can, I I start to, I behave that will and I tri- react. Yeah. I react a certain way, and then it's after the fact that I think, hmm, I wonder. I wonder how much of my reaction to that was my own assessment, and how much was well, just the fact that something understood how to manipulate the exactly. Way I
0: think. So it knows. Let, let's assume something malevolent. <clears throat> One, it got to know you so well. Some of, Let's assume. Let's not assume how that happens, but let's just assume that you as a system were understood completely enough that and it could go through a statistical model, all this kind of stuff, and say, if we provide this stimulus to Tim, we should observe the following reactions. So let's assume unlimited resources, unlimited knowledge, Just we'll just go to that, you know, we're talking about, you were talking about spectrum earlier, <clears throat> let's assume that all the resources available that we could comprehend were applied to understanding how Tim, Tim Jurgensen responds given certain stimuli. And then it could nudge you nudges. And I, and I think nudging has been going on for decades, maybe even a century, in how to make humans more productive, more Reliable and predictable in a way and so let's imagine that happens and then but you're adapting as well so you're going to be like huh I didn't used to respond to that that way have I been conditioned unknowingly to then favor that type of response to that stimuli where in the past I might have had a, a different response to it
1: uh, so I- it, 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 exactly. I think I I 100% what you were saying, it, I, I agree with you uh, completely. Uh, I, uh, to to, to, to restate it a little bit, I, I do believe that this manipulation goes on today. I believe that it's, it's grounded in the cognitive abilities of other people. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, to me, is going to be what happens when it's grounded in an artificial entity, not another human,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: now it's going to be an artificial, you uh, know, human. Right. Uh, persuasion, persuasion architectures or persuasion infrastructures is mm-hmm. something that I've, I've, I've thought a bit about, uh, and, and, and I find it fascinating, and I, and I got there Starting about wondering about advertising. Right? I was going
0: to say this is the advertising, is the advertising mechanism, mechanism. Okay,
1: right? And so you, you think about that for a while, and you evolve out into well, the whole purpose of that is 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 persuasion, if you will, where where persuasion is is if you want to define the term, it's it's to get me to experience a specific sensation that was created by the persuasion infrastructure itself. Mm-hmm. So it's going it, to, it wants to, it has an end goal uh, of, of wanting me to do something mm-hmm. and it, it gets me to that point by manipulating what I see and when or, or what I experience and when and, and, and ultimately it, it persuades me in a direction to do what it, it wants to be done. And then, so in the course of that, when I recognize that's going on, I uh, I, uh, uh, I I learn and I react, and uh, I, I I try to react. At, at, at times, uh, if you will, in, in the simplest fashion, I, I just cut the cord.
0: Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, so so mm-hmm. I I, I, yeah.
1: I have noted that uh, television is uh, is one of the places where this occurs. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, we're subjected to advertising. I mean, the whole purpose oh, yeah. of television is, is, and and the whole purpose of, of, of any of our on-demand systems or streaming systems, all of those are to convince us to to consume something that we we probably don't intentionally want to consume. Right? They, they wants us to buy something that we don't necessarily want to buy. So the whole purpose of this is to get us to, to do something. So my immediate reaction is, oh well. Now when I when I recognize that that's happening, my first reaction is to change the channel. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so I, I'm I'm waiting for uh, I'm waiting for the persuasion architectures, the, the our infrastructure, the, the, the advertising infrastructure, to deal with that. And and it, and, it, and it does, respond. It does it does try to deal with it, right? uh certainly uh, uh, certainly uh, it, it deals with it by virtue of the fact that uh, every if you if you're watching uh, broadcast television every every uh, every channel behaves at, on a s- similar timetable you know mm-hmm. s- programs start on the hour or on the half hour yeah uh, you know and advertising shows up at Predictable intervals like, within that,
0: like costs, every ten minutes or well, less. Yeah, well, certainly. Yeah.
1: But but lo and behold, you know how how often does it happen that you get into a bunch of commercials here, so you flip the channels. Oh yeah, and it's commercial, commercial time days. over there too. Yeah, you can't yeah. escape. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. So, so yeah. That's not orchestrated. There. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I um <clears throat> thinking about yeah, so certainly there's the advertisement factor, but I I, I also one of the things that we haven't touched on and we don't have time to touch on (laughs) today is so we've talked about ourselves basically as um, a religious or independent of a a moral programming if you will of how to respond to stimuli how to how that factors in Beyond the, it's kind of at the altruist, altruistic level, it's at the actualization level, it is, um, but it also, you know, the major religions also have a component of ba- description of base existence, you know, basically a, an origin story. And, you know, like I said, whole other discussion. <laughs> but to me, it, it plays into some of that instinctive, reflexive response that the man with the critical mass in front of him, um, the person who's driving the car down the road and loses a tire, right? So there, all of these different... When you don't have time to... at least in our awareness think through all the what's the firmware that takes over where do you go to in your mind in your reactions like they say training you know like in, in back to the military take that gun apart in the dark put it all back together you know what has become instinct and what motivates those things
1: so let me toss out an example that I, I, I ran across some time ago and I, I always kind of think about this in, mm-hmm. in terms of, of, of uh, persuasion and and, 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 and creation of, of social structures and the like uh, and it, it, I, I think that it's just a, an interesting case study in and of itself and it's the it's the uh, the uh, uh, consideration of the shakers mm-hmm. The Shakers were a religious sect uh, uh, you might call it a cult uh, that uh, uh, the term derives from the the uh, shaking Quakers so it was a it was a it was a, a derivative group within the Quaker uh, the Quaker community that that developed a devotion to a few very uh, specific uh, 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 social policy uh, definitions, if you will. Uh, first and foremost, is is they believed in total abstinence. Okay. Uh, second, though, they believed in absolute equality of between men and women, and. Uh, they believed in strict adherence to uh, the, the written tenets of, of the Quaker religion, the Bible, etc. So, so it was a, it was a group that, that had the interesting characteristics that uh, they, they had achieved. Uh, they, 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 they basically segregated their populations between men and women, they they kind of lived in dormitories, as I as I've read, I understand it. Uh, so they, but 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 in doing that, they, they achieved absolute equality between the way women were treated and the way men were treated. And so they they achieved what's generally perceived to be a very good societal goal. They achieved equality. Uh, on the other hand. Given the fact that that they really weren't about writing their own, uh, 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 writing down their own dogma, uh, they were they were left to the the society evolved based on the people involved in it in other words it was direct so
0: the charisma of one generation to the next and that's since right. there wasn't and, any And the
1: charisma yeah. of, the, of the specific leaders right was, was yeah that's right. what i meant yeah and and so and then and then last because they believed in total abstinence they they didn't procreate
0: yeah yeah that
1: so you're left with a left is with this really weird social structure that has no the, way of that's designed to die out. It's it's essentially designed to die, and it did. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so it, it was something that was kind of a vacuum fluctuation. It popped up. It was very popular for a while.
0: No, that's you know, kind of the definition of a cult. Cults are designed to die. Yeah. They,
1: but it, yeah. it's 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 a, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting to me. It's a it's a it's an interesting situation where where you know what I think we've discussed in the past that that, that, that uh, cultures not not all cultures are equal right right and, and, yeah. and, and sometimes you can come up with a culture that has some really good characteristics but it doesn't Flow across the board, and, and so they're kind of destined to die out in the end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, that's my that's my that's my uh, interesting case study. For, uh, <laughs> All
0: right. What thinking about that is somehow we went from the major religions to the Shakers. So yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh,
1: if you if you ever know bought Shaker furniture. Uh, oh you
0: know, yeah. Uh, it's a style. It's yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. It's,
1: it's you know so uh, they they found out that uh, maybe that, <laughs> that if, you, uh, if, you, uh, if you if you if you if you can submerge your carnal side and maybe that stimulates your artistic side, I don't know
0: uh, I'm going to go Google Shaker Furniture to reacquaint myself with that style
1: yeah.
0: well good to see you again Tim
1: uh, it, well, this, this was not at all what I thought we were going to talk about today so well, cool. let's just enter please.
0: the neural network and yep. that's what happened so.
1: it really is I've enjoyed it and, uh, same, great fun. thanks Tim Remember your microphone, I'll bring mean your earphones next time. I'll try.
0: Oh, I'll get more sleep next time maybe.
1: Well we'll see. Take care Tim. I hope the, I hope you've actually got something recorded.
0: <laughs> the numbers keep going up over there, so
1: okay well that's good.
0: Cool beans. See ya. Enjoy. bye. And that brings to a close the conversation portion of episode 13 of the Mike Newman show. I will certainly make sure to bring my headphones with me next time or at least borrow Tim's to check the mix to get Tim out from underneath that pillow. Sorry about that, Tim, and I apologize to you, the listener, as well. Why do I do this podcast? Check out the About page of this show's website, found at MikeNewman.show, which is spelled M-I-K-E-N-E-U-M-A-N-N.show, and click that About label at the top right side of the web page. This is a value-for-value production. What the heck is that, you say? I mention it at the end of each episode, but it may still be a new concept to you, so I'll dive into it a little bit in, in more detail. The concept may sound like both an unfamiliar yet somehow familiar concept. To varying degrees throughout history, society bartered for what individuals needed and wanted. Even nations bartered between themselves. An agreement was made between buyer and seller on how much of whatever skill, time, effort, and yes, even clamshells, a producer of a good or service would be compensated. And that was agreed directly between the buyer and the seller. No intermediary, no other, just y'all agreed on what something was worth and what the compensation was going to be made for each transaction. The value-for-value model in the context of this podcast and and many other podcasts, uh, for example, is quite similar. I, as the producer of this podcast, publish this product for all to experience. Sometimes the product is better than others. You know, I get that. You, in return, can listen in. That's step number one. And it costs you nothing in talent and treasure. you got to figure out how to use an app. And you probably got your cell phone or your device or whatever. You've already got that. But, yes, a bit of your time. I, on the other hand, am investing significant time, uh, hopefully as I get better, less time, an obviously modest amount of talent and some upfront and re- front and recurring treasure into the equipment, self-hosting, and bits of software that I use to record and produce each episode. That's where we start. The next step is where it gets interesting, and where a mutual exchange of value can occur. When we close the loop, you have the opportunity to become a producer alongside Tim and I in this adventure. Yeah, you can bring content. You really can and as much treasure as you feel your time spent here is worth. Episode by episode. It's going to vary. There are literally millions of podcasts available to anyone on the planet with an internet connection. If you find yourself coming back to this show, ask yourself, how much value am I receiving personally? It will be different for everyone, every time. But if you keep coming back, at least be honest with yourself. You're deriving value of some amount to spend time here. I certainly didn't invent this model. Far from it. I'm convinced that it's a long-standing model embedded in our psychology that we've largely ignored in the West because we're so used to essentially scanning price tags and paying the seller in fiat fund coupons, zero loopage, and minimal variability. By listening to this podcast through an app found at the newpodcastapps.com, it's just newpodcastapps.com, and reading through the draft version of a fantastic explainer on Value for Value at a new website called value4value.info the number four, value.info. you may start to see how you can send financial support and incentive back to the show or any show or any product and service that engages in this model uh, with integrated messaging called Boostergrams or of course you can still hit my PayPal link that's available through uh, through the po- new podcast apps and send in some Megas money And of course, through email to send me feedback, content ideas, constructive criticism, encouragement, or whatever. I value your feedback. Tim and I really do enjoy our mornings at the diner, and we look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, stay awake, not woke, my friends. Romans 5.8